I want to thank uh, Landon, Steve, and uh, uh, Cole for uh, participating in worship today for songs and uh, Lord's Supper and scripture reading. We are grateful to have them in our congregation. And uh, God is good, and he's good uh, all the time. And we appreciate all he's been doing uh, for us here, not only giving us life and health and allowing us to be here, but he's working uh, through Northside with everything that he's doing. Uh, and I know the elders announced uh, this uh, early this past week that uh, we uh, have hired uh, our new minister who is going to come in this summer, and that's a big uh, step, and we're looking forward to uh, how God's going to bless us uh, through him, and I'm confident that he will be a great fit. Uh, he's a great fit for Northside, and we'll work together and uh, go toward God because we all go in the same way and preparing our life to be with him in heaven. So now I'm looking forward for him and his family to be here uh, with us. And uh, uh, this morning, well, last night, I, uh, my family and I experienced uh, something that's uh, unusual. Uh, like I will say, this morning I had to uh, take a shower like I will normally did when I was uh, in Haiti, like a boy, a five-year-old boy. Uh, because uh, our hot water decided to hot water heater decided to leak last night, and and uh, thankfully in 2019, Karen decided we need some kind of uh, alarm to put under our water heater when we were in Texas, and just in case there's any leak, it will alert us. So last night at 9:30, that that alarms came off, and we completely forget about it. So we were like, where's that noise coming from? So we're looking for it. And then he said, well, it's coming from the water heater room. So when I opened the door, it's like the overflow pipe, it's like water's just dripping down. Uh, so I didn't know where to turn off the water or everything. So we're like running, get a bucket, and trying to get the water out. Uh, so I was able to get uh, at least four, five-gallon bucket, five bucket uh, out. And uh, while Karen is on the phone with the owner of the house trying to find out where that is, so we were able to shut off the water, uh, and so we didn't have water this morning. So Karen stayed, so a plumber is going to come sometime today. But David wasn't feeling well anyway, so that, that worked out. But God is good. We were in Indianapolis on Friday. We spent the night there. We were like, if that has happened Friday, we will have come to a flooded house. So it happened in time while we were in house. So God worked mysterious ways. So we're grateful for that. So we were home when it happened. And those are, I know it's just a small thing. But there are so many small things that happen in our life, and when we look at it, we can see that God is uh, in control. And then that reminds me of how I've been in Haiti this morning by using bucket and 
heed of the water because it was cold and everything. Uh, so that kind of take me back to where I was in a little boy. And then remind me to be grateful for what I have now, for how God has blessed me. But anyway, we're going to be in Exodus 21 to 17. It is how has the law of Moses prepared the way for Christ. Uh, we, after God created the world, created Adam and Eve, and, uh, you know, sin entered the world, and uh, humanity or man decided to not following God. And so it come to Noah's day where God dis- destroyed the world with a flood, and then even after Noah's family populate the world again, then people keep sinning, keep living in sin, keep doing what they want to do and not following God. So God uh, come up with another plan to uh, give the law, choose uh, the Jews, the Israelites, and work through them to kind of save the world. Uh, But even after all of that, God still loves all of us. He keeps giving a way for us to have hope of eternal life. So even though we may have uh, sin, we may lie, we may cheat, we may be uh, jealous, or we may uh, steal or do all different kind of uh, sin that are in our life. Those things that we do hurt us, not only physically but spiritually, but God still decided to help us, to save us, to give us a, a better life, to prepare a, a place for us in heaven to uh, help us to get there. And he did that through the law of Moses, uh, and that's what started the process. So all of you have seen a shadow before. Let's say, by example, you watching a movie, and then you see a shadow uh, coming, uh, even though you don't see someone, that person yet, but because of the shadow, you can... Uh, uh, you can be sure that someone is coming around the corner. Uh, and that shadow is not the real person, but it alerts you that someone is coming around the corner. Uh, and at the same way, I kind of see Moses like a shadow for Christ coming into the world. Uh, and, you know, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and led them to the promised land. So Moses, to some way, was a shadow to Christ who is coming into the world and give us a way to get to heaven. So we're going to see this morning a few things that are parallel to Moses' life and Christ's life. For example, Moses, the official, seeks to kill him from birth, just like they seek to kill Jesus from birth. Exodus 1, 8 to 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save. And Exodus 2, 2 to 10, it explained there how Moses' life was saved, how his mother hid him, and then at some point when they, she couldn't hide him anymore, uh, she put him in a basket into the Nile River. And then uh, Pharaoh's daughter was able to 
find Moses and rescue him. And then in Matthew 2, 8 to 20, uh, almost the same uh, thing happened to Christ. When Herod uh, saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he became furious and sent to kill uh, all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under. And then, again in Matthew 2, 13 to 15, it explained that how God told Joseph and Mary to flee to Egypt, and there they can escape the king Herod terror there. So you can see the comparison. Both Moses and Jesus, when they were a baby, they were seeking to kill all the baby boys so they can uh, kill them. So the next one uh, is uh, Moses gave his privilege as a prince just like Christ gave up his divine state. So Moses, after he grew up uh, and the king uh, palace at Pharaoh, so uh, at some point he had all the privilege he could have got there. Uh, he had riches, he had uh, a comfortable life, but he did not choose to remain there. So he ended up living, you know, if you know the story, how he killed one of, of the Egyptians because they were mistreated, the, the one of the Jews. Uh, and because of that, uh, the next time he tried to intervene, one guy was like, oh, okay, you want to kill us just like you did the Egyptian? So he realized the word had spread out, so he left Egypt. Uh, he uh, went to find somewhere else to live. Uh, so he decided to leave uh, the richest and Egypt just to help God's people. Uh, he did not try to hold on to the privileges that he had in Egypt. Just like Jesus left heaven and came to, to earth, he left heaven where there was no sin, no suffering, and everything was perfect, and he came to this world where he not only suffered, but he had to deal with everything that we deal with in this world. So Hebrews eleven twenty three to 27, Moses refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughters, choosing rather to suffer affliction with uh, the people of God than to enjoy pleasures of sin for a season, esteem the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And then in Philippians 2, 5 to 8, Christ Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And Hebrews 2, 9 to 10, but, Jesus, but we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels to the suffering of death. So Jesus decided to lower himself, to come to this world, to leave heaven just so that he can save us. So both of them decided, Moses and Jesus, leave something then to, kind of, to help others and to uh, follow God, to obey God. 
And the next one is Moses had, had a unique relationship with God, just like Jesus had a unique relationship with God. Uh, and Numbers 12, 6 to 8, it says, if there, is, if there be a prophet among you, uh, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, uh, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, uh, who is faithful in all mine house. With him uh, will, uh, will I speak mouth to mouth. So there God is saying, and all the prophets uh, that exist, he will speak to them in a vision, but to Moses, he spoke to him mouth to mouth. So Moses has a unique relationship with God that no one else had. And uh, to some, there's another place where Moses even asked God to see his face. And God told him, no, you can't see my face because no one can see my face and live. But God did compromise in a way to give Moses some uh, sin of him. He told me, okay, here's what I will do. Uh, I will uh, cover you and declare for, of the rock and I will pass by, and then after I pass by, then you can see my back. Uh, and Moses got to see God's back. Isn't that pretty amazing to see uh, God's back? So Moses got to see that. So that's pretty close relationship with God there. And because Moses been in God's presence so many times, there's one time he came after being in talking with God, he came down, the people couldn't look at Moses because his face was bright, shining. So Moses had to cover his face because he's been in the presence of God. So that was some very unique relationship there that Moses had with God. And the same way, Jesus had a very unique relationship with God. Yeah, even a lot better than Moses, but had a unique relationship with God. Uh, and uh, John six forty six, uh, Jesus said there, Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. So Moses, uh, Jesus there is talking about he's seen the Father because he's from God, and he's the one who's seen the Father. So Jesus seen the Father because he's God, and Moses got to talk to God, got to see God's back, even though he did not see his face. So both had very unique relationship with God. Uh, fourth, Moses performed miracles like Jesus did. Moses, you know, uh, to asked Pharaoh to let the people go, and Pharaoh kept refusing to. So Moses had to do several miracles. He had to turn uh, the water into blood, and he had to do, uh, turn a stick into a serpent. And so there were several miracles that Moses did. Uh, and, you know, Jesus, when he came to earth, he also did many miracles. He uh, healed the sick. He raised the dead. Uh, and bring them to life. So uh, Moses did some miracle just like Jesus did some uh, miracle while he was on earth. And both of them did miracle just to uh, 
let the people know that God is the one who sent me. Uh, so Moses let the people know God sent him to rescue them, to deliver them. Just like Jesus did miracle to let people know he got this power from God. God sent him and he's from God uh, by the miracle that he did. And fifth, Moses married a Gentile's wife just like Christ married us who are Gentiles. Because we are not Jews and we are Gentiles. Those uh, who were maybe not supposed to be uh, among uh, those who are saved. Like, you know, when the uh, apostles uh, were to take the gospel to the end of the world after Jesus went to heaven, you know, when it came to uh, Colenius to hear the gospel who was the Gentiles, uh, Peter had to have a vision uh, to, God, uh, to instruct him, okay, you have to uh, share the gospel to Cornelius uh, and his family. Uh, and then after he did, they were baptized. Cornelius and his household uh, received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said, well, now we know God is not a partiality God. He he loves everyone, and everyone have their place in the kingdom of God. Uh, so that to show God loves everyone. So Christ, uh, by doing that, he's married us into his kingdom. We are his uh, uh, bride. Uh, so Numbers 12, 1 to 10, it says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman's whom he married. So Miriam and Aaron, they had issues with Moses because he did not marry a Jew. He married a Gentile, someone who were not Jew. Just like Jesus, he married us. He didn't just come for the Jews, but he come for all of us. And it says that we are his uh, bride. He married us who are Christian, who are into his kingdom by the water of baptism. When we decided to obey him and we'll be baptized, then we are the church, his, his bride. Second uh, Corinthians 11.2, it reads, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betroth you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. There it was Apostle Paul talk, talking to the church there, uh, because he said, I present you with one husband uh, and to present you, the church, uh, to him as a pure virgin to Christ. So we see several parallel there to those Moses and Jesus uh, and how that relate, those, those things that relate to both of them. So Moses was savior uh, to the Israelite. But Christ is our savior, uh, our savior today. And if we want to be saved, we have to go to Christ. It is through him that we can be saved. But the law, the Ten Commandments, was uh, for the Jews, for the Israelites. So, but even though it was for the Israelites, uh, there are still uh, things that repeat in the New Testament that we are to follow uh, today. And thank you, Cole, for reading the uh, Ten Commandments for, for us earlier. But those things 
uh, that they did ask the Jews and the Ten Commandments to do are the things that we do today, but maybe one that talks about the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We are not obeying the Sabbath today. Uh, we worship on Sunday, which is the Lord's Day, but the rest of them, we still follow them to some uh, extent. Uh, for example, Jesus, he said he summed up the law of Moses in Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Uh, it says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbors as yourself. Uh, all the law and the prophet hanged on these two commandments. So those two commandments there, to love God and love your neighbors. If you do those, then you're going to basically obey the law because if you love God, you're going to follow his commandments. You're going to uh, do what he asks you to do because you love him and you won't use his name in vain and you won't worship uh, all the idols and all, all of those things because you love God. And if you love your neighbor, what's going to happen? You're not going to hate them. You're not going to want to kill them. You're not going to want to take their ox or their donkey because you love them. So all the laws and the prophet fall into those two laws, love God and love your neighbor. And love God above everything else. It's easy sometimes maybe to love the stuff that we have uh, in this life, but we are to uh, love God and don't love the stuff that we may have in this world. Because if we truly love God, then those things, we're going to put them uh, to the side and we want to uh, try to hold on to them and, and to follow uh, them. So Christ that he gave the law its meaning. Uh, he didn't come to eliminate the law or take it away completely, but it came to give it the real meaning, what it meant. Many of the, the Jews, and the, the, uh, they follow the law to where it's like based on the outside. They try to keep up with all the little details instead of doing it from their heart. Out. So Jesus there, he said, he came to give it the meaning, to uh, make it an rapport to the heart uh, of them instead of doing the outside things, and, and, but their heart may be far from God. Galatians 3, 24 to 25, he said, So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the provision of the law. And then Matthew 5, uh, 17 to 20, it says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophet. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus came to give the law its whole meaning. Uh, Jesus came to give us a way to be perfect, because the law could not make us perfect, but Christ, through the water of baptism, by being in the kingdom, can make us perfect through his blood by what he did for us. 
So now let's see uh, how God, uh, how Christ uh, gave the law its meaning, how he raised the bar for us today, or how we are to maybe uh, follow him. Matthew 5, uh, 21 to 22. Matthew 5, 21 to 22. It says that you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murder will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. So there in the law it says do not uh, murder, and they knew that, and they will not kill or murder people because they know it says do not do that. But Jesus there, he went further to say, not only don't you, you don't need to murder, but it says do not be angry with your brother. If you're angry with your brother, you will be brought into judgment. Uh, because before someone go and kill somebody or murder somebody, well, you have to have some, something in your heart that caused you to hate them or to hurt them and to don't, because you don't want them to be still be living, so you will try to kill them. So Jesus there, he do not just stay there and say, do not murder, but it says, do not be angry with your brother, because that's how it starts. Once you start getting that anger, then it might take you to where you might be uh, willing to kill somebody. So there Jesus take it further. It makes it a hard issue. Don't have any anger against your brother or sister. And if you do, then you already uh, break the law. And uh, the second one, Matthew 5, 28. Matthew 5, 28. It says, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So adultery is sin. So, and the Lord says, don't, do, don't commit adultery. But Jesus goes the further to say, uh, if you look at a woman lustfully, you already have that desire in your mind, in your heart, then you already commit adultery with her in the heart, even though you don't commit uh, the action. So Jesus again takes it further. For example, David who commit adultery with Bathsheba, that's how it starts. He was on his rooftop looking, uh, and because he was looking, then he had it in his heart to think about it, then he sent someone to bring her to the palace, and then he ended up committing the physical act, which was adultery. But it started with the lustful thought, and then it led to really commit the action. So Jesus is saying there, uh, if you have that lustful uh, after someone in your heart already, then you already end the way of committing because of that. So Jesus make it a hard thing, not just the outside. Uh, the next one is Matthew 5, 38 to 42. It says, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye or tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. 
If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants you, want to sue you and take your tunic, let, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who want to borrow from you. This is a pretty uh, hard uh, saying, like it's tough to, to follow. And, and uh, the Old Testament, it, it says eye to eye. Someone hits you, you hit them back. Someone kills someone, then you kill them. So that, that was, that's how it was in the Old Testament. But Jesus is saying, okay, look at it differently. Someone strike you, then you turn your other cheek and let them strike you again. And literally, you're not supposed to go do that. Okay, I hit you, then you go, okay, he hit me again. That's not what it's really talking about. But it's saying, do not retaliate and try to pay them back because they hit you. If they sue you for something, give, uh, your, uh, give them more. Your tunic, give them your cloak as well. If someone forces you for one mile, do two miles. Okay, so he's saying don't retaliate when someone hurts you or do something to you, uh, but uh, still treat them with love. So that means if someone sue you for your iPhone, you give them your laptop as well. And if someone asks you for your possession, give them away. And I'll be glad to be your friend because uh, I'll get your stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, don't retaliate. Don't try to hold those things and uh, hurt someone who hurt you, but still show love uh, to them uh, even uh, if they hurt you. And that's what Jesus will want us uh, to do. So Jesus did not come to abolish the law but he came to give it its full meaning by turning it into a hard issue. He said, if our heart is right, then the other things will not uh, follow. Uh, even though we're not under the Old Testament anymore, uh, we're not following the law of Moses anymore, but under the law of Christ, all of those things still follow. They just now are deeper than they were in the Old Testament. And now it's a hard issue. If our heart is right, if we're following Christ, then we will not want to hurt someone. We will not want to uh, have a lustful heart. Uh, we will not worship idols. And uh, we'll do those things because our heart is right with God. We will not uh, break the law. So, and parallel, the law of Moses is not completely eliminated to where we can't live by it. But again, it's a hard thing uh, that Christ makes it known here that uh, all of those things are still uh, in play and we can use them from the heart instead of the outside uh, of it. Like Jesus will tell the Pharisees, uh, don't just clean the outside of the cup and leave the inside uh, clean because that's how they were doing it. They do the things that are on the outside that people can see, 
to make sure, okay, how we've got people of God, we're following God, but the inside wasn't clean. So Jesus there, by giving the law its meaning, he's saying, don't just clean the outside, but clean the inside. If you clean the inside, the heart is right, then the outside will be clean as well. So that's how Jesus gave the law its full meaning. So if you are here this morning and you haven't given your life to God, well, today is the time to do it. You know that Christ came to this world. He gave his life for you. He decided to leave heaven where everything was comfortable, everything was good, and came to this world to get a terrible death on the cross because of us, because he loves us. And all that he's asking in return is to obey him, to follow him and return. And you can do that by believing in him, confessing your sin, and be baptized for the remission of your sin, and live faithfully to the end. If you are here this morning, you haven't done so, well, it's the time you can do that. And if you have done that already, you've been baptized, but you maybe slip off the road, and you can come back to him. He's always willing to take you back and to forgive you when you ask for forgiveness and come back in. He loves you no matter what, and we just need to continue to follow him.